and welcome everybody to the Grogcast. I am your host, Sir Grogshire, and I feel like I'm the only podcast that doesn't have one of those deep voice announcers that goes, Whoa, welcome to the Grogcast. But today we have a lot to go over, and I really do mean a lot. So much has happened since last Thursday, and I can honestly say my picks last week were absolute dog water. Uh, I went for the, this is going to be the week for the upsets. I chose the wrong upsets. And the upsets that I did pick got completely blown out of the water. So, at least this week, we'll go ahead and start with the score reviews. And we'll talk about each game just slightly. So, Thursday night, I actually called that one. Uh, we had the Packers and the Cardinals. Where the Packers narrowly beat the Cardinals because of a miscommunication between A.J. Green and his NFL mind. Ultimately ending in a Packer interception in the end zone and a kneel down to end the game. Now, as I said last week, when you have Aaron Rodgers on your team, you have every chance to win. It doesn't matter who you're facing. You have every chance to win. Aaron Rodgers is incredible. Hall of Fame quarterback. Which, if you think about it, we've had... We've been very spoiled with our legacies of NFL quarterbacks this past two decades. When you go Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, uh, Phillip Rivers, I would consider him a Hall of Famer at some point, then you add in Aaron Rodgers. We have been very spoiled when it comes to really good NFL quarterback talent. And it's it's just starting. In the next couple of years, we get to see Patrick Mahomes continue to ball out. We get to see Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, uh, Carson Wentz is getting back to form. We, we have a Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's another one. And we're getting so spoiled with this quarterback talent that we're almost, whenever there's a low-scoring game, we are shocked because the quarterback play wasn't up to, up to snuff, but it's usually just because the defense was just really good. But, yeah, uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, he is another one that I forgot to mention. But Kyler Murray had a great game. He played that final drive nearly to perfection. Uh, it just so happened that AJ green became the AJ green of the last two years. And I love AJ green. I think he's one of the best wide receivers to play ever for the Bengals. Unfortunately, the injuries happened and the, Focus, I feel, for AJ has been more about keeping himself uh, protected rather than playing his heart out like he used to in the young days. Moving on to Sunday. Uh, not a lot of people saw this one coming. In fact, I don't think anyone saw this one coming. Uh, the Jets with Mike White beat the Bengals the number one, the former number one seed in the AFC. 
And this, I believe, happened for numerous reasons. The biggest one is with Mike White having his first start and how bad the Bengals have been versus rookie or newly starting quarterbacks. It was a recipe for disaster. Mike White threw for 400 plus yards. He had, I want to say it was a 75% completion. And he only threw like three passes over 10 yards. Let me pull up the stats here. Yeah, Mike White went 37 for 45, three touchdowns, two interceptions. And the Bengals even got a fumble recovery. So the Bengals in total had three turnovers and couldn't win that game. They actually had a chance to close the door. And Joe Burrow threw a really stupid pick six. It was almost a rookie mistake. He should have taken a sack and the drive would have continued. Going along with that, this Bengals top five defense couldn't stop a dink and dunk fest. And that is very concerning. That is very concerning going forward. The Jets slaughtered the short game. And it's unfortunate that it had to be that way, but this is also a very young Bengals team who's still trying to figure out how to handle being a winning football team. And I'm sure it's the same thing on the coaching side. Is Zach Taylor still hasn't gotten the feel for winning as a head coach. Lou Anarumo. That was a terrible game plan. And I hope it's better versus the Browns because the Browns are going to run all over the Bengals or they're going to dink and dunk all over the Bengals if things just don't get fixed. So now moving on. Actually, I'll say one more thing about that Bengals game. Two times in that game. The refs blatantly missed a pure offensive helmet to helmet. I'm not saying it would change the outcome of the game, but it would have given the Bengals the ball back with a minute 30 left on one of those. Instead, they called the penalty on the Bengals, giving the Jets a 15-yard personal foul and first down. The second one was a no-call in the third quarter where Chidobe Awuzie got low enough to try to go for a tackle in the hips, and the running back dipped his whole head down and smacked his helmet on top of Awuzie's helmet, and nothing was called. Once again, not saying that would have changed the outcome of the game, but it would have done a lot for the overall aspect of the game. Going on to the Titans and the Colts, I actually had the Colts winning, and they almost pulled it out. I almost shocked myself there, but I think the Colts are one of the best non-500 teams. And right now, 
the Titans will be missing Derrick Henry probably for the rest of the season. This is a huge opportunity for the Colts to pick up steam and possibly go after the division because right now the Titans are 6-2. and two. Their offense still has A.J. Brown and it still has Julio Jones, who are two very good receivers. Ryan Tannehill is an average to an above-average quarterback, especially ever since he left the Dolphins. And nobody, and I think nobody saw that one coming. By the way, if you have, if you hear a clicking in the audio, that is me adjusting my chair arm. I can't help it. It's a uh, just something I do. But the Colts sitting at three and five. Titans sitting at six and two. Titans won that game thirty-four to thirty-one. And going back to the the whole Bengal thing, who won the uh, who won the game on a forty-four yard field goal? Fat Randy Bullock. Couldn't do that for the Bengals, but he does it for the Titans. But with Derrick Henry out, the rushing leader is really up for grabs. Because you got Mixon, you got Chubb, David Montgomery, I think, still in the mix. Zeke Elliott's in the mix. It's going to be a fun rushing leader's year. Then going to... NRG Stadium where the Rams went to Texas to slaughter them 38 to 22. I'm pretty sure at one point it was 38 to 0. And then finally the Texans came to life from what I would assume the Rams put their second team in. But uh Cooper Cup became the first player in the Super Bowl era with 900 plus receiving yards, 10 plus receiving touchdowns through eight weeks he is absolutely destroying it this year and it's because of two men one by the name of Sean McVay the other one by the name of Matthew Stafford and I don't care what anyone says Matthew Stafford is possibly the Tony Romo of this era where he may not win a Super Bowl, but he is one of the best quarterbacks to never win a Super Bowl if he doesn't. Matthew Stafford is so good when he has a team around him. And it it was proven when he had Calvin Johnson. But then after Calvin Johnson retired, the Lions just absolutely refused to put anyone else on that team other than Stafford. They all focused on a defense, but they needed to focus on giving Stafford weapons. They gave him running backs every now and again, but Stafford needs a wide receiving core. He needs an offensive line and then possibly give him a running back core. I mean, Cooper Cup's just absolutely incredible. Robert Woods and up until this week, Deshaun Jackson. That's a good wide receiving core. But now Deshaun Jackson was waived because they were mutually trying to seek trade partners and nothing could get done. But they still have Cooper Cup and they have Robert Woods, which Robert Woods has been uh, a little bit angry about his shares recently, his reception shares. And 
with Deshaun Jackson gone, he should get more shares. As for the Texans, they're they're a dumpster fire after week one. Uh, Brandon Cooks is pretty much the only good person on their team. And the Texans won't get rid of him because he's the only good person on their team. The Texans went to try to get rid of Deshaun Watson. And they couldn't find a trade partner there. Supposedly, he was going to go to the Dolphins. And the Dolphins owner came out and said, oh, he was just checking on the status of Deshaun Watson. Now, if you really want to put the the Tua, Burrow, and Herbert thing to rest, the other two teams didn't look to see the status of Deshaun Watson. Only the Dolphins did. The Panthers were apparently also in the mix, but I think you can roll with Sam Darnold for one year. You could possibly draft a quarterback next year, but I don't think this is the strongest quarterback draft, which we'll talk about in a later episode as we get closer to draft season. But yeah, the Texans, they suck. They really do. And I expect them to have a top-tier pick, as did most people this year. I actually think at the beginning of the season, I had the Texans going 0-17, which... They're one and seven now, so I might be just one game off. And their one game was beating the Jags. So going to the next game, a defensive battle. Because both quarterbacks suck. Steelers and the Browns. Steelers win fifteen to ten in a Divisional matchup that the Steelers desperately needed to try to get back on track after their bye week. Steelers moved to 4-3, and three, which is the first time that they're 500 on the year. Or no, second time, because they won week one against the Bills. And the Browns dropped to 4-4 four and four with Odell Daddy issues. If you haven't heard, which... Most people have heard within the sports world. Odell's dad released, I think it was like an 11-minute video of Baker not throwing to Odell when he's wide open downfield. Because that's not what the Stefanski offense is. Stefanski's offense is about diversion deep and passing middle. Because that's what works. That's actually Jarvis Landry's wheelhouse. That's what gets your top running back now trio going in Chubb, Hunt, and Ernest Johnson. But, unfortunately for the Browns' running game, they had to run into someone by the name of T.J. Watt. And for as bad as that... Steelers offense can be, and I mean it can be bad, don't attack me on that, that defense can keep them in games. Now go back to the divisional matchup with the Bengals that the Steelers had. T.J. Watt was not playing. The Bengals won by 14. T.J. Watt starts playing. Now the Steelers are starting to catch a little fire. Do I still think they're division contenders not with the Ravens around hell no do I think the Ravens losing to the 
Bengals was a hoax? No, not really. I just think that the Ravens are a really good team. I think the Bengals are a really good team, but they're young, and they're still trying to figure it all out. When it goes to the Steelers, they have a lot of veterans and a lot of people that are probably on the verge of retirement. But then you also have the young guns like TJ, like Alex Highsmith, who can extend that that defense. Joe Hayden, I know he's getting up there in age, but he's not old, old. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, that defense is relatively young. They're also They're also very experienced. But that offense, other than Najee, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, and uh, Juju, the offense is old. It's very old. Now going over to the Browns, Odell basically is about to be waived. Stefanski told the locker room that Odell is basically not on the team anymore due to the whole controversy. And because of that, uh, I believe it's Peoples Jones that will be starting in place of Odell. So we'll see when the when everything comes together this week. Now, going to the blowout of the week, you had the Eagles beating the Lions 44-6. I had the Lions as a possible upset due to how close they've been keeping teams. But no, the Eagles absolutely destroyed them. Apparently, that is the largest margin of victory on the road for the Eagles since week 10 of 1981. That's really hard to believe. I mean, the Eagles, I feel like, are very trapped in the middle. They're not good. They're not bad. But they're doing just enough kind of deal. This is also the first year that Jalen Hurts really gets to try and shine. And he is. they are definitely trying to use him too much like a Lamar Jackson clone. Because in this game, Jalen Hurts went 9 for 14 and 103 yards. What did he do on the ground? Seven carries for 71 yards. They are trying too much to make him Lamar Jackson. And he's a good rushing quarterback, but he's not Lamar Jackson. He will never be Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is on another level. And as a Bengals fan, that hurts to say because I have to face him for the next 10 years. But it sucks. And it really... I hope the Eagles the best because the people at Unfiltered, we have quite a few Eagles fans. We have quite a few Dallas fans. I want Philly to regain the success they had that Super Bowl year with Foles and Wentz. But I just don't think Jalen Hurts is that person. He's an average quarterback to just below average. And they're using him in a the wrong way. I think they have the right coach in place. I can say that. Sirianni, I think, is going to be a good coach. I just don't think they're using him quite right yet. As for the Lions, I said it last week. I am a big Dan Campbell supporter. But good lord, 
that front office needs to get him some help. They have Swift. I guess they have Sewell now. But they have no one. They have no big playmakers on that team. I mean, outside of... Uh, you got Hawkinson. Uh, St. Brown's a rookie who's doing okay. Um, Jamar Jefferson is their number one, which... Um, if you would have told me before the year who that was, I, I would have, I wouldn't have given you any, I, I don't know who the Lions number one would have been. I probably would have told you St. Brown, but which I guess St. Brown technically is the one, but Jefferson's the number two and he's used a lot more. But it's – Jared Goff looked awful. And people come at me. He went 25 for 34, 222 yards. You want to know what helps with that? Having a massive tight end who can catch and catch the ball further than just 10 yards. Get that yak, the yards after catch. It definitely helps on that front. TJ Hawkinson is a star. DeAndre Swift on any other team is a star. But they can't do they can't do shit in this offense. So, moving past them, let's move on to the 49ers and the Bears. You know, I almost had this upset. 49ers finally decided to show up in the second half. The Bears looked pretty damn good through two quarters. And then they 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 bears it. They they bears and browns it. They allowed 18 points in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo went 17 for 28, 322 yards. Uh, Eli Mitchell had 18 carries for 137 yards. The pride of the Bears is their defense, and it should be their rushing defense. But it just didn't show up versus Eli Mitchell. Debo Samuel went six receptions for 179, sorry, 171 yards. Debo is a monster if they use him right but they also need that quarterback to be able to get it to him Trey Lance could potentially be that quarterback but he's got a long road for development to go on the Bears side you have Justin Fields 19 for 27 175 yards Justin Fields also ran 10 times for 103 yards. Uh, Khalil Herbert. Oh, yeah, that's right. Montgomery's injured right now. Khalil Herbert, 23 carries for 72 yards. And no receiver over 100 yards. So, just like I explained it last week, Justin Fields has to do all this himself. 
He has no help. He's just like Stafford with the Lions. They're going to get him killed this year. They are going to get him absolutely murdered this year. And it's just like the Bengals last year with Burrow. It's They trusted a terrible O-line coach, who was then fired after that year, saying that their offensive line is good enough with the turnstile that was Bobby Hart. They went out and at least got Quentin Spain. Quentin Spain at least helped. He's playing out of his mind this year. But outside of them, the Bengals had Jonah Williams, who eventually got hurt. Trey Hopkins got hurt in the last game of the season. And Trey Hopkins hasn't been the same. He's starting to recover now. But it's completely different. The Bears are going to kill Justin Fields. And I'm sorry, but if Andy Dalton is healthy, you need to play him. Dalton's at least average. He doesn't have the mobility, but he can throw the ball under pressure because he did it his entire career as a Bengal. Now, the other upset that I called that didn't happen was the Panthers beating the Falcons. I had the Falcons winning and moving to a 4-3 and three record, but no, they dropped to 3-4. and four. I still think the Falcons have a chance to be kind of that door, that dark horse team. But Panthers, just a little bit better. They finally get back on track after losing, I believe, four in a row. Uh, but they won 19-13. 19-13. And you can tell this Panthers team really, really misses Christian McCaffrey. Their offense is struggling without a run game. And when I say without a run game, I mean they still have an okay run game because their O-line's pretty good. But Chubba Hubbard, 24 attempts for 82 yards. Sam Darnold, 8 carries for 66 yards. That's not going to win you games. If Chubba Hubbard is getting 24 carries, he needs to be over 100 yards. Granted, late-round draft pick, rookie this year, he's got a lot to learn. But the other thing that really killed the pan that almost killed the Panthers this weekend, Sam Darnold, 13 for 24, 129 yards. There's no player over 100 yards. Falcons' defense did its job. Matt Ryan almost did his job if it wasn't for one number in the stat column. And you'll be able to tell as soon as I say it. 20 for 27, 146 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. No 100-yard rusher in this game. No 100-yard receiver in this game. Matt Ryan killed himself this game. Cordell Patterson is starting to get a lot more momentum. I know he only had 37 yards in this game, but he is showing a lot of promise for what he can do. Kyle Pitts, 
completely absent in this game. Two receptions, 13 yards. That's not what you want out of your generational tight end. They need to implement him more. Matt Ryan needs to try to force him the ball a lot more if he can. Moving on, you go to the dumpster fire that is the Dolphins right now and the Bills. Bills, I still think, are the best team in the AFC. I know they've had a rough patch, and their two losses have been to the Titans team that needed a win and the week one uh spectrum that was the Steelers but Buffalo in each of the last 12 wins have been by 10 plus points which is the longest streak since 1998 the 99 Rams the Bills are a fucking good team and if you don't think so you don't know football that entire team is extremely dangerous it doesn't matter the situation, but they're really good. They have the wide receiver core. They have at least a manageable running back core. I think it's average to above average. Um, Zach Moss, I think, is the best one of the group. But he still has a lot of learning to go. Their O-line is at least average. Their defense is top 10. The Bills team is a contender, especially with how bad the Chiefs have been recently. Now, going to the upset that happened that I didn't call was the Patriots moving to 4-4 four and four against the Chargers. I will openly admit I did not get to watch the highlights of this game. So I am sorry if I am short with this. But you go Mac Jones, 18 for 35, 217 yards. Also four attempts on the ground for 10 yards. Yeah, Damian Harris going 23 carries for 80 yards. Nelson Aguilar being the, uh, the top receiver of this game. Or not this game, for this team. Three receptions for 60 yards. And on the Chargers side, once again, the big killer. 18 for 35, 223 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Eckler didn't have his best day. Um, he did get 120 yards combined. Keenan Allen went for 77 and a touchdown. But like I said, I didn't really watch the the highlights, unfortunately. But I still think the Chargers are a really good team. I think they're just hitting a rough patch in the schedule. They probably also kind of overlooked the Pats a little bit. But I think what we're seeing is that the Chargers defense needs some work. And that that's definitely something they're going to look for in the offseason. The Chargers and the Bengals are pretty much on the same path right now. Whereas they are both very young teams. Who are still trying to figure out the rush of winning. And 
what happens after you start winning when teams adjust to that style because no longer they're looking at oh this is the same Bengals franchise they're they're not good or they're they're gonna screw it up somehow um that kind of mindset because for the chargers they were always that like middle of the road team and uh you could kind of play to the full strength but if you do they'll blow you out of the water if you play them right they'll kill you but i think this chargers team is starting to learn where they need to be how to get those wins and how to take on opponents the Chargers will be fine. Just you, you can't overlook that game. As for the Pats, uh, I think they're starting to become a possible shock of a possible wild card contender. They won't win the division with the Bills. No way. Not a chance. But they are looking pretty promising for a wild card spot. And if Bill Belichick. And Brady, if it was a lot of Belichick and not so much of Brady, which so far has been completely wrong, then you might see a very dangerous Patriots team in the playoffs. Uh, Seahawks and the Jags. Apparently the Jags are worse than I thought because uh, Geno Smith scored 31 points. The good news for the Seahawks is the uh, splint that was in Russell's finger has come out. Has come out. So as soon as that completely heals up, he will be good to go. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, thirty-two for fifty-four, two hundred and thirty-eight yards, one touchdown, one interception. If you're throwing fifty-four times, I hope to God you're scoring more than one touchdown. Seriously, not only that, you did not have a single rusher over 40 yards. 4-0. 4-0. Carlos Hyde, 9 carries, 32 yards. He had the most carries, too. 9. Why are you carrying it 9 times? Why is James Robinson carrying it 4 times? I may have missed him getting hurt. That could be on me, but you just can't do that. Not only that, he threw it 54 times, not a single 100-yard receiver. Not a single one. When you have someone that's as good as LaVisca Chenault, you have someone as good as James Robinson, Marvin Jones is at least an average wide receiver. Why is most of your yards going to... Dan Arnold. Urban Meyer's got to figure this shit out. I'm not kidding. There is some good players on that team. And if he doesn't figure it out quick or figure himself out quick, that team is going to revolt and they're going to all want out. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud. He needs weapons. He needs an offensive line. He can't be throwing it 54 times a game. Just no. Um, you need to get James Robinson going again. He was a top rusher last year. 
and you're completely ignoring him. Urban Meyer may be, and trust me, I'm saying this as a Bengals fan about Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer may be the worst coach in the NFL right now. And it's and it has nothing to do with his off-field aspirations. But it has to do with how he is failing at noticing talent. I bet you Chenault is out of there by next year. Because he's a good, big-bodied receiver. Who would probably... Uh, he would probably get more targets in the slot because he is that big body receiver. But you you just can't ignore the talent that's on that team and expect a hundred year old Carlos Hyde to be your lead rusher. Just can't. As for the Seahawks, Geno Smith only threw it twenty four times. But he completed 20 of them for 195 yards and two touchdowns. Also, they didn't have a 100-yard rusher or even one over 50. But they didn't have to because Tyler Lockett did Tyler Lockett things. And DK Metcalf did DK Metcalf things. Metcalf, two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, 142 yards. That's how you win games. That's how you utilize your talent. Doesn't matter how poor your quarterback is, because Geno Smith, I think we can all agree, is dog shit. But if you can utilize the talent that's around, there you go. Tyler Lockett's proven he's a stud. He's considered one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. I rate him quite high. I think he's a really good receiver. DK Metcalf, once again, a big-bodied receiver who can out-physical anyone and possibly outrun anyone. You got to use the talent on your team. Uh, Washington versus the Broncos. The Broncos finally get a win against a far less superior Washington football team who is just, they look broken. I hate to say it, but they look broken. Washington is 4 for 13 versus non-divisional opponents since 2020. They are 2 and 6 this year. The Broncos only scored 17 points. And the biggest news for the Broncos this year is instead of going out and getting somebody, no, they trade their best defensive player for two mid-round picks to the Rams. So now the Rams have one of the best linebackers, one of the best cornerbacks, and one of the best defensive linemen. I know Von Miller, Von Miller usually lines up on the line, but he is considered a linebacker. All they need is someone like Justin Simmons or Jesse Bates, Mika Fitzpatrick, and that defense has a top five player on each level of that defense. I know I've been very critical of Von Miller in the past because I know – of how good he can be. And he's declined with a lot of uh, injuries and uh, not really having a lot around him. But Von Miller is very good. And I just hold him to higher expectations. 
probably the other big shocker of the week. The Saints upset the Buccaneers at home 36 to 27. But at what cost? Because now Jameis Winston is out for the year with a torn ACL. So they are going to be going with Taysom Hill for the rest of the season. Can Taysom Hill take them to a playoff team? Uh, they kind of already are one at 5-2. and two. To be honest, I had to do a double take to make sure that they're actually 5-2 and two because I've thought the Saints have been absolute trash this year, at least in look. Alvin Kamara is an absolute monster of a running back. And the Bucks are just a good team. I mean, still put up 27 points. They did their job. It was just the defense failed. Brady surpassed Breeze for most games with four-plus passing touchdowns since 1950, whereas Brady did it at 44, Breeze did it at 37. Then going to what could have been a big upset till the uh, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. Cowboys beat the Vikings in Minnesota. 20 to 16, moving the Cowboys to six and one Vikings, three and four Vikings are the other team that I think are one of the best teams that are under 500 because purely of their quarterback, their quarterback is average to below average. And I Vikings fans will come after me about that. Kirk Cousins is not a franchise quarterback. He gets the job done because he has the talent to do it. You have Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook. That is about all you need. He also has a good offensive line. He is not your franchise quarterback, and look for the Vikings to be in the quarterback market this offseason along with half of the other teams. Uh, Amari Cooper, amazing. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is awesome. He needs to check his ego, though. And... Uh, Gallup, Michael Gallup is another good receiver. They possibly have the best wide receiver trio in the league. It's very close, especially with Jamar Chase being as good as Jamar Chase has been. The Bucks being as successful as they've been with Brown, Evans, and Godwin. It's very close. Those three are definitely in the top five. And Cowboys offensive line starting to figure things out. Micah Parsons is a monster, even though I don't like the stories that happened with him at Penn State. But he's been he's turned out great for them. Their defense is finally starting to kind of, kind of come together. So I, I'm very interested in this Cowboys team. Uh, the longer they uh, go go on. And then finally, the Monday night game, we had the Giants and the Chiefs. Giants almost pulled that off. Is it indicative of the Giants being good or the Chiefs being bad? It's the Chiefs being bad. I am sorry. The Chiefs are terrible this year. Giants moved to 2-6. and six. Chiefs are 4-4. Four and four. If I had to pick right now who the wild cards would be, I'd be saying the Bengals. Uh, the Pats, and possibly the Steelers. 
Chiefs aren't winning their division. It's going to be the Raiders or the Chargers. But Patrick, once again, Patrick Mahomes is good. The rest of the team is doing terrible this year. And Chiefs fans can come after me about it. Travis Kelsey's not looking like Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill has had basically brick for hands. It, it's been unbearable. I want you to go back through the Chiefs film and notice how many passes to Tyreek Hill just hit him square in the head and they get intercepted because they're in the air. Thank God they have a field goal kicker in Butker. But Chiefs are not a playoff team for me this year. At least not right now. They have a lot more they have a lot of weeks to figure it out, but that time frame is closing very quick. So, moving on to this week. For tonight's game, you've got the Jets versus the Colts. Jets coming off their second biggest win because their first one was to the Titans. And the Colts coming off of a devastating loss to the same Titans team. I'm sorry. Until the Jets start stringing together wins, I'm not picking the Jets. This is in Indianapolis. Colts are starting to roll. Starting to figure things out. I'm taking the Colts tonight. Moving on to Sunday. We have divisional matchup between the Saints and the Falcons. Uh, I mean, Taysom Hill versus Matt Ryan. I like Matt Ryan better in the matchup. But when it comes to coaching, I like Sean Payton better. I will take the Saints at home. When it comes to the Broncos and the Cowboys, Cowboys should absolutely wipe the floor with the Broncos now that Von Miller's not there. I, I'm being dead serious. If the Dallas Cowboys don't win by at least 14 points, I don't know what to tell you. I know it's the NFL. Anything can happen. Cowboys should win this game hands down. Without any doubt. Going to South Carolina, or sorry, Charlotte, North Carolina. We got uh, the Patriots versus the Panthers, both four and four. Both really needing to win. Panthers' playoff dreams are still alive. Patriots' playoff dreams are still alive. And I hate to say it, I'm taking the Pats. I am taking the Pats. As much as I want to cheer the Panthers on for this game, the Pats are starting to chug along with not a lot of rising talent. Um... I just don't see the Panthers being a playoff team this year. I think they're a year away. But I I have the Pats winning this year. Or this this week. Vikings in Baltimore. Keyword being in Baltimore. Baltimore, I'm sure, is absolutely pissed off. 
after losing to the Bengals and then getting a bye week. I need to look at the health report before this game. Because I believe going into bye week, the Ravens had 15 people on IR. So I definitely need to check that. But Baltimore wins this game. The Vikings will not stop Lamar. I expect it to be relatively close. Like 10 points. But I just don't see the Vikings beating the Ravens this week. Going to the Bengals and the Browns with all the Odell Beckham crap that's going on and the Bengals still having a really good rushing defense. I'll I'll take the Bengals at home. Purely because I think the Browns are still kind of trying to figure out its groove again. But it's it's going to be possibly a rough day for the the Browns. But I think this game overall will be decided by three to seven points. Bills and Jags. Bills will wipe the absolute shit off of the Jags. Trevor Lawrence probably gets sacked two, three times in this game. Probably picked for another one. Bills probably put up 35. Jags probably put up 7 to 14. It's not going to be pretty. And honestly, Buffalo has probably one of the easiest remaining schedules ever in existence. Now time for the shit game that will probably also be good of the week. Yeah, the Texans visiting Miami. Both 1-7. They're with the, uh, the Jags in the one-win column. The Dolphins should win. Will they? I have no idea. Um, both defenses are Swiss cheese. Both offenses are turnover machines. It's rough. This game might be kind of ugly, but also very entertaining. I'll take the Dolphins because they're at home, and that's the only pure reason. Going to the 5-2 and two Raiders visiting the 2-6 and six Giants. Post Gruden and now post Henry Ruggs in that whole situation. I'm going to do a whole nother segment on that after I do my picks. I still think the Raiders pull it out. They still have a good running back in uh, Josh Jacobs. And they still have a decent wide receiver core. And I think they'll possibly add Deshaun Jackson. They should consider it at least. But Derek Carr is playing at a really good level this year. And if it wasn't for Tom Brady being Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, I honestly think Derek Carr would be up for MVP right now. But I I think this Raiders team is very good. I think this Giants team is still figuring stuff out and I think it will take them at least another year or two. They, they need a good draft this year. Um, but my, my thoughts are starting to turn around on Daniel Jones. I thought he was an absolute joke 
but he's starting to prove me slightly wrong. But he's still, I wouldn't say the 100% quarterback of the future for the Giants. Moving on to the Chargers and the Eagles. This is a must win for LA. They're in Philadelphia. Eagles are coming off of a blowout win against a really bad team. Chargers rush defense is very bad. Chargers pass defense is decent. Decent? Yeah. I'd say that's the word. On the other side, Eagles, not so much a passing offense, more of a running offense. And their defense is okay. I'll take the Chargers because I still think the Chargers are in desperate need of a win after two straight losses. So, I will go with the Chargers. Packers and the Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers is not playing in this game. He is out at least two weeks due to COVID because he lied about being vaccinated. And I think he should be reprimanded by the NFL for that in some way by fine or some sort. Cause he put his teammates and other teams in danger with that, but they go into Kansas city who is desperate to get on a win streak here. Jordan love makes his, I believe his first ever start. You know what? I'll still take the Packers. They get Adams back. I believe they'll get uh, uh, Scantley back. And they they might get Lazard back. But the one big thing is uh, Robert Tanyan is out for the year with a knee injury. So I'm still taking the Packers. But this could be a good week for the Chiefs to come out of nowhere and win this game. Cardinals 49ers. Uh, Cardinals better win this game. After losing to the Packers, I still think the 49ers are a very confused team. But the Cardinals are on a roll as a team. And it took a last-second miscommunication to... Lose them against the Packers. So, I'll take the Cardinals. Titans and Rams would have been very interesting if Derrick Henry wasn't out for the year. I'm taking the Rams in L.A. And I I just think the Titans will start to see a slip here, which is why the Colts need to start getting on some wins here. And the Monday night game for this week is the Bears visiting Heinz Field. This is a tough one to pick because the inner bangle in me doesn't want the Steelers to win. But I I don't trust the Bears. So I will take the Steelers to move to 5-3 and three on the season. Meaning that the Bengals are in must win mode because if they lose they will be tied with well i guess they'd be a half game back with the steelers 
Yeah, they'd be a half game back with the Steelers. So this is a must win for the Bengals this week. Uh, if Pitt wants to stay alive in the playoff hopes or even the divisional hopes, they need to win this week. So I'll, I'll take the Steelers in a defensive battle. Very low scoring game. Uh, going along for kind of the final segment before uh, I talk about the power ranking, my power rankings for this week. So I want to address the Hen the Henry Rugg situation. Sorry, I was about to sneeze. For what Henry Ruggs did, and every ounce of information that we've gotten, I do not think Henry Ruggs should be allowed to play in the NFL ever again. First off, if you haven't heard the story, Henry Ruggs was arrested with DUI charges and manslaughter for driving 156 miles per hour, veering into another lane, crashing into a car, killing a woman and her dog. The NFL has... I mean, you have Uber, you have Lyft, and the NFL literally gives you a credit to have your own chauffeur whenever you want, 24-7. But not only was he drunk, he was double the legal limit, and he had a loaded firearm in the car. These are reprehensible and will possibly give him life in prison. If I am that judge, I do not let him out of prison. I am sorry. You had a great career that you could have had, but you threw it down the drain. The NFL needs to start making examples of this because it shouldn't have to get to this point. I'm sorry to have that more meaningful talk, but it's inexcusable. You had the resources, you ignored them. Moving on to the power rankings for this week. In my power rankings, I had the Lions at 32, rightfully so. The Jags at 31, rightfully so. Dolphins at 30. Had the chance to kind of right the wrong by facing the number 29 Houston Texans. Jets coming off of a giant win versus the Bengals. Moved to 28 after being 32nd. Washington at 27. Broncos at 26. Eagles at 25. Giants at 24. Atlanta at 23. Panthers at 22. Chicago at 21. Seahawks at 20. The Browns take a massive fall this week to 19. Steelers move up to 18. The Saints take a jump at to 17. Patriots take a giant leap to 16. 
49ers are 15. Colts at 14. Chiefs at 13. Because relatively, they're still in this, even though they've looked really bad. But I still think they could beat most of the teams that are behind them. Then you go Vikings at 12. Chargers at 11. Now moving into the top 10. Even after that news, I have the Raiders at 10. Because the Ravens were on a bye week, I kept I moved them down one spot to 9. Even after the loss to the Jets, I think the Bengals are fine. And since they have the win over the Ravens, I kept them over the Ravens at 8. Even after Derrick Derek Henry... Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was announced to be out for the year. The Titans still won. They moved up to 7. Buffalo Bills at 6. And then your top 5 is still 5 NFC teams. Number 5 is Dallas. Number 4 is the Rams. Number 3 is Arizona. Number 2 is the Bucks. And number one, it's the Packers. Now, the Packers might only be there for one week, but since they beat the number one, they take the number one. Arizona has a chance to get back into the top two. Uh, I didn't move the Bucks, even though they lost to the Saints because the Bucks are still a good team who just had a tough road loss. But... That is the power rankings this week, and that will be the podcast. So I thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been the Grogcast, the official podcast of the Unfiltered Sports Network. Go check them out on Twitter, along with go check me out on Twitter, at Sir Grogshire. And if you haven't already, make sure to go check out my merch at gummy.gg. If you're watching this on YouTube, this is what our jersey looks like. It's got a nice big old logo. Super comfy. And uh, super nice to wear. I wear it when I go bowling. But this has been the Grogcast. And I will see you guys next week for another installment of full NFL coverage. Have a good one.